0: Hello, and welcome to Reanimated. This is the podcast about all things zombie. I am Stuart. I'm one host. Another host is H.A. Conrad.
1: Hello. H. A. Hello,
0: hello. I'm going to step on you every time you try to introduce yourself. Hello. Cool. Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, we're, we're back for a couple more episodes of, uh, I don't know, what's what do we call this? Season 11.2? Season of, yeah, I don't even
1: know what it is. Season
0: goodness. 11, two-thirds? Yeah. Uh. So picking up this time with, gosh, episodes 11 and 12, which include a Michael Cudlitz directed mm-hmm. episode in number 11. So that's going to be interesting in Broke Element.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um,
0: um, and then we have a couple little pieces of news, too, to get to before we get there. So uh, why don't we go ahead and do you want to start talking about the, the sadness, AJ? Sure.
1: Unless um, you want to
0: catch up about anything else before...
1: No, no, no. I guess we can get into this. Um, but the sadness, we talked about this a little bit before, um, but this is a, a film that was shot in Taiwan by Canadian director, uh, Rob uh, Jabaz or Habaz. I'm not sure which it is actually. Um, and a little bit of a twist on, I mean, the the uh, some of the sort of outtakes and, and scenes of this look really good. Um, just from a filming point of view, because they do they use Taiwan to the their best advantage. it looks honestly pretty scary. <laughs> um, but the one sort of tweak in this zombie mythology is that it's not they they are definitely like murdering and killing people, but there's also like a sexual drive piece to this too that's kind of disturbing. Like they describe them as hedonistic sexual zombies, which freaks me out a lot, honestly. Um, so and that is uh, going to be. Uh, so Shutter has acquired this, so it will be available there fairly soon, I believe, right? Is it, um, does it lay
0: it out in the collider? I don't
1: know that it said the exact date, but anyway, um, I'm. I, I think maybe we will be watching this, um, but I'll admit to you that this is this kind of freaks me out already.
0: It's going to so, be out in, in May, so in May twelfth. Okay. Yep. It's uh yeah, this this trailer when we first watched it was disturbing. There was yeah, some like
1: exactly. pretty so.
0: sketchy, like leering yep. leering businessman zombies and subways and and uh, just a lot of uh, there were visuals that really stuck with you.
1: Yeah, so this the trailer gave me sort of pause. So I have a feeling that it's going to be a pretty freaky DK film, but we'll get to that. You know what? I think part of it is that it's the they they definitely give off like um, a possessed, like somehow being a possessed situation, and you know how I feel about possession. Um, so you know, it felt more like demonic possession than it does zombie genre to me, but we'll have to kind of see. I may not be able to get through the whole thing, but this remains to be seen. Um, And then the other little bit of news that we found, um, I think everybody remembers how much we loved One Cut of the Dead. And I guess I missed that this was happening. I did not realize that they were doing a remake of this called uh, Final Cut um, French Z comme Z or Z comme Zem. I don't even know how you say Z in In French. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) it's a French film um, and it is going to be premiering at the Cannes Film Festival um, on May 17th. And I don't know how I feel about this, because I actually really loved One Cut of the Dead. And I don't I kind of am not psyched that they're remaking it. No,
0: I have an immediate negative reaction to like, how dare you?
1: (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, I had the same reaction. So I don't I think we're on the same page there. Because I thought that it was really brilliant what they did. Um, it was and, unique,
0: and then you, re- if you recreate it, it will no longer be unique. <laughs>
1: right, right. So. Um, so anyway, I guess we'll have to. I, I, of course, I'm going to be curious and check it out. But that is coming out pretty soon, so maybe we'll have to. We'll have to. To see if we want to uh, criticize it or compare it to the original, um, I guess but, it depends
0: how how close they they shoot to the original. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and additionally, uh, uh, aside from from those two, which are both you know, I guess not one hundred percent exciting <laughs> for us, but we'll we'll give them a shake at least. Uh, Dead in the Water premiered on April tenth, which was the latest uh, Fear the Walking Dead web product this was the you know this was really them getting their money's worth out of that gosh darn uh, uss pennsylvania set on fear of the walking dead <laughs> showing the uh before the fall storyline uh following riley who we knew was a crew member on on board that ship and uh it's it's not like the other webisodes episodes that this that they've done on a show before which were usually like each episode is like a minute long and then you them together and you have like 15 minutes of content like the airplane one and there was one about a tunnel into Mexico I think Uh, they were those were pretty well done I mean those were done under the uh, former showrunner Dave Erickson and this one is actually just like in theory it's like six episodes but it was all released together Um, Mm -hmm. and altogether, it's about 50 minutes long so it's like a full episode of of Fear the Walking Dead when you add it all up
1: well, I have not yet checked it out, so I will have to do that um, somehow. I like it was on my list of things to do this week. I just didn't get to it because instead I ended up binge watching a lot more of the season than I probably should have. I just couldn't. I just couldn't wait. Um, and hopefully, I won't blend together or anything. Although my mind's a sieve, so I think I, you know, it will still seem new to me when I, when I watch the the episodes as we're reviewing them. Um,
0: but it, it wasn't what do you think? Terrible. What did you
1: think? So, was it better actually than what we watched in that season? I mean,
0: yeah, I think it was because it was focused on a smaller version of the story that they're trying to tell, like right. they weren't all spread out and there was no Althea. Immediately oh gets like five percent better, right? Uh, yeah. but it wasn't without its share of issues and, and problems, and uh, like the forgetful way that they seem to write dialogue i don't know do you remember a line that riley says to teddy uh last season of fear the walking dead where he's like i've i've stopped one of these things before they don't have the technical know-how to do it right do you remember him saying that to teddy
1: vaguely yes
0: it was to me like this this trigger for how cool the webisode could be like we're gonna we're gonna see him like doing a hunt for red october style or no that's not the right movie but one of those like nuclear submarine movie things where they're like, I'm not going to turn the K uh, sort of things, or I'm going right. to turn off the the, nu- the nuclear missiles before you can send them. Um, that line. It, yeah. I don't know if I, I can, I think I can just tell you, but it's like, it's not, they don't deliver on the promise of him saying that to Teddy uh, in the, in the webisode. It's kind of weird. I mean, they almost do, but then they don't. So it's very, um, to me, it's, that's like, pure shambless Goldberg, where yeah, yeah. they forget, I guess, that they put a line of dialogue into uh, for Riley that he then does not live up to. Uh, mm. And I'm just like, yep, yep.
1: There it is. There, there it, it is it.
0: again. <laughs> so, uh,
1: on, on brand, at least, I suppose. Right? <laughs> on
0: brand is as, as disappointing as that is. Yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, Dead in the Water uh, for folks who want to check it out and are still you know, up for things that are fear of the walking dead, which apparently I was I'm kind of surprised myself by how quickly I went to find it. And it's on AMC plus.
1: I'm surprised too. I am. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I think I was folding laundry and I was like, what else am I going to do at this time?
1: <laughs> well, you didn't binge watch the rest of the season. I have been a, bad good, like been, been a good me. You've been very good. Boy. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Um, but, you know, I think we should jump into these episodes because there's some interesting stuff to chat about. Um, yeah. So rogue, rogue element. And, rogue Element, uh, Mr. Michael Cudlitz. Um, and you know, this is a Eugene focused episode, and um as you may remember, we haven't seen a lot of him. This is like kind of like we we just this is but this is all Eugene all the time. This is a Eugene and Stephanie episode specifically. Um and it, it's it's good to see him. Um, I'll admit, like the way that they were sort of framing this, there was part of me that was like, oh, are they going to kill off him at the end of this episode or something?
0: Oh, I was 100% convinced that they were going to kill pretty, him
1: off. It felt that way, right? Because anytime they do this much sort of like kind of sentimentality or they have like, especially him, which he's like always oh, been a bit of an odd soul. And, you know, we've all had a very skeptical view of his Stephanie relationship and the things that he does, um, related to said relationship. And it it just doesn't seem like there is, it feels like there was like the other shoe was going to drop and it did obviously in this episode. Um, but they also have him kind of evolving a little bit. So this is the thing. It's like, he's, he's all in it with Stephanie and, um, you know, giving her the key to his apartment um, professing like all of his love, they're like they're all like you know in bed together and stuff. Yeah. Um, I and- will say
0: that like the I watched this one twice um, because by the end after the, the the twist, right? Yeah, I went back to watch this scene specifically because um, I think it's better to talk about this whole episode um, as if like you know we know what's happening.
1: Yeah, because, so, big because spoiler, so we should say big, spoiler big spoilers. Big
0: spoilers
1: coming up. Yeah, um, and I and I honestly, they're big spoilers, but I don't feel like they're unexpected spoilers. So we can talk about that. Um, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, there were some clues, but they weren't like super overt.
1: Right. like um, the, the
0: early scene with Max and the ice cream was noteworthy. Right. I remember seeing that happen. And him... we
1: actually we even talked about how weird it was. Yeah. Um, because their interaction was so bizarre um, and now it makes sense. But um... it,
0: it, so we knew something was going on there, but we just didn't know what. And now it's like, oh, yeah, duh. Um, but so Stephanie not being a person like Stephanie being actually like, it's not Max. It's not Shira. It's just a made up. It's like Max's mother's name. Uh, that revelation in this episode is is a big deal. Um, and it's, it was worth to me going back to watch the scene in the bedroom where because Hornsby's like, look, when you started to escalate, we tried to get out of there as fast as we could. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? The woman playing Shira does do a really subtle and good job of looking a little shocked and scared when he says, I love you. But at the same time, she's in his bed. Like, they just slept slept together overnight. She's reading his manuscript. Like, they've been dialing this relationship up. Where did they think it was going? Is like, to me, the big question.
1: Right. And I had the same question. Weirdly, not weirdly, but not shockingly, I did the same thing. I went back and I was like, did I, like... And I think that that's part of the honestly, the the manipulation and why there's such a betrayal here. But it also feels even what Hornsby is saying doesn't feel like it washes because I agree with you. It's like where on earth did you think it was going? Um, He was clearly all in. He was all in from the beginning. Um, I get it where they were trying to manipulate him to get information about the other settlement. I understand that part. But they had all of that information at this point. Right. Like, what more could they be getting out of him? Um, Other than, I guess, additional information about Maggie and others. But it still seems like kind of odd. Right. Like that. This is that suddenly they're like, oh, my goodness. You know, yeah, you're falling in love with her. That was a shock. It's like, no, there's no shock to that part. No.
0: And they Um, they were privy, I guess, to all the radio calls, which is how they know this, like, they know at least well, one side okay. of
1: it. So this is another question I was having I was struggling with or piece I was struggling with like if they have this much information in the radio calls one would guess because we don't we're not privy to everything that him and stuff yeah. quote unquote Stephanie talk about but enough that I mean, Max is a pretty prominent member of this community. She has enough interaction with Hornsby and others where it would be really shocking that they wouldn't recognize her voice or recognize some of the details that she's sharing with him. If they know enough to create this Stephanie avatar, basically, out of these conversations. And I mean, that was the other part that I was just having a hard time because this Shira person who turns out to be some kind of agent or part of the Hornsby's PR team or whatever you want to
0: call <laughs> whatever. it. Are they a PR team or a bunch of assassins? I don't know. It's hard to tell.
1: Who knows? Um, but, you know, to build a character like this, it's not like you're hearing it one time on this broadcast. You have to retain all this information yeah. because it's not just fill- this isn't just like rough sketches of a character. She has built this character. And has to basically um, use all the information she supposedly learned from these broadcasts to trick Eugene. And he's not a person that isn't going to forget those details because he's a little, you know, he. This is one of the things he does. He retains these details verbatim, these conversations with with Stephanie. And yeah. so that I was having a hard time finding. I didn't find it plausible Um, and it also felt like a really strange way to get the information or because like once they kind of have him in his clutches or have them in this community, he's a pretty easy target, even not using Stephanie, or at least that's how I feel. He thinks he's being subtle. He, you know, that that entire
0: scene at the end with him and Hornsby where he just like, does exposition for like, right. just can't stop himself. You're like, yeah, this guy is a total easy mark for,
1: right. for collecting like, so it doesn't So it doesn't feel like they even had to go through such a like.
0: It does feel a little elaborate. Yeah,
1: intricate and elaborate plan to trick Eugene, because even in the beginning, he was the one that um, basically was more all in than anybody else about this community all and all because of stephanie and whatever um and they you know so to create this kind of a character or an agent just felt kind of odd um and i did like i mean the things i did like about this episode and maybe that it is maybe it is supposed to be ridiculous and and kind of like like hammed up and that's kind of how it reads um it's supposed to be kind of like a film noir that's how it's filmed there's this mystery because like after he tells Stephanie he loves her, suddenly she disappears. And we see a lot of like different pieces of that. I mean, we see that she's like tr- desperately trying to pack and get away um, and while he's
0: oh, outside it, the door. And I have a problem with that scene, too. And it's a small thing. But okay. she had all day to pack and get out of her yeah, apartment. Like,
1: Why now Like, why
0: why? Is she doing it now?
1: Like, why wouldn't she just immediately do it as soon as he left? Right. She
0: didn't go to she didn't go to work. Right. right. She uh, she has other people there who could have been helping her like Calhoun, who was clearly in the building, but she hasn't even like packed a suitcase uh, by whatever time it is by the time Eugene gets there, which is probably like eight or nine o'clock at night, Yeah, which I just was like, okay, I mean, it's, it makes for a cooler scene when he's pounding on the door and then they kind of slowly pan through the, the apartment and you hear the sound of movement and you're like, is it a struggle? Is she a zombie? No, she's just packing a suitcase
1: right i know it was like it's sort of dramatic for just packing a suitcase um and we also have um you know we get and this is also like reveals on other levels too not this is sort of like the episode where we already know that there's some darker stuff within the community we've seen definitely the the different levels of of you know um the, the their caste system basically and their social social hierarchy um but this is the one where we see it a little bit more at work that there's like truly a disinformation campaign um for for eugene it's like telling him oh no these things are not what you think they are he finds these quote-unquote clues that the guy isn't a plumber um you know and and he's crazy
0: wall is right on like he's not wrong about any of that stuff no no
1: not at all um but then you also have connie and Kelly out there basically doing things that to me are incredibly dangerous. Um, Connie, of all people, has been a um, reporter before. She seems to know Tyler and her family and has an idea of how corrupt they are. And yet she and Kelly are not subtly at all digging for information that is clear that people do not want to um, have out in the open and they have a very open argument with the editor um, that Connie's working with that. And the editor is like, Oh no, we have to run the story the way that they tell us to. And to me, it's like, why are they still letting Connie and Kelly run around then? It seems a little bit strange to me that oh. they're kind of giving so much freedom to Eugene, to Kelly and Connie and to others, if they're really trying to head this off because ultimately they represent like an outside threat. To the Commonwealth, um, because they are basically questioning the status quo, um, and you know you've also got um, Rosita. In let, on me, this. let me
0: let me address the journalism thing first. Um, so, in that conversation with the editor and and uh, Connie, uh, they're both wrong, frankly. Um, like the editor is like, we're just going to run the press, like paraphrase the, uh, the governor's press releases. That's going to be our newspaper content. That's a terrible take for an editor to have. And I don't even like, we don't really know how much to what extent these guys are like a state run newspaper, or if they actually are, uh, you know, like printing as, as if like they are the fifth estate or whatever. Okay. uh, It doesn't
1: feel like they are, I guess. It
0: doesn't at this point. And when you do see a front page later, it's the story that Connie has written about Mercer and it's just a puff piece, like propaganda. Um, like actually, you can't really see it, but I uh, I froze the screen and flipped it upside down, and then I could read the first half of the article, yeah. because I'm weird that way.
1: That was uh, great. That's great. I did not do that. So, <laughs> what did the article say? Just, it's just like weird. oh, you it's know. Armor.
0: It's like uh, the, the, our soldiers went out and fought a bunch of zombies, and they were victorious because of Mercer, who's like this great leader and uh, hero of the people. So they're writing like really puff pieces about the, the establishment. And that's Connie's article. Like she wrote that. But her take in that meeting with the editor is also like, hey, there's something going on here with Tyler Davis. This is enough to uh, confront the governor in public over. And I'm just like, I mean, that is a really different sort of Um, radical take for journalists, just journalism too. Like it's one thing to doorstep people. And that happens in, in like, you know, salacious media where they're like going for the, the big, I don't like tabloid stuff, I guess, like where you, you, you're waiting outside a, a, a member of government's house to, to like surprise interview them. I think that's not not showing great journalistic integrity like get some more information first uh, because all she really has is is a hunch right and right. nobody's corroborating her her hunch so she has to do more work and so but for the editor then to be like no we're not going to do that instead we're going to run press releases they're both absolutely wrong in this conversation so um i i don't know i guess i wanted to hear somebody with a right opinion in in the room at the newspaper it didn't feel like anybody did have one that i thought was no. right no it did not
1: um, and
0: but yeah. also, I guess, okay. And then you were making a point about like letting everybody from, you know, uh, Alexandria, etc cetera, like run around and do whatever they want because they are, um, they're a danger to the community. And, and I don't, I don't get the sense yet, at least that, that the Commonwealth is this organized, is organized enough to, uh, to, like, have a an, inf- an intelligence mechanism. I guess that's kind of what Hornsby's PR team of ninjas is, is, like, an intelligence mechanism in a way.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: But uh, it doesn't... It just feels... I, I don't know enough still about the, the Commonwealth. So while these guys are probably a l- little bit of, like, fly, flies in the ointment for the most part, except for Rosita, it seems like she's kind of really marching in in tune or in time with the rest. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, I... I don't get the sense that the Commonwealth would be threatened by anything that these guys are doing. Even Eugene, because Hornsby defangs him so easily at the end of the episode that that was the scene on the stairs where I was like, yeah, Hornsby should just kill this guy. Like he's, but instead he actually does something cooler um, by, by completely deflating him (laughs) and making him think that nobody's going to believe you anyway, because you signed this piece of paper.
1: Yeah, and we see a lot more of him in this because we see him also interacting with Carol, um, and you know bringing. But again, yeah. like they're they're showing their hand a lot here, and so. You know, he's basically showing her a little bit of the dirty laundry, or like just how things run, which is like you know they go out to the opium farm. And what a
0: weird, farm. what a weird way to show how the, the place runs by going outside of the Commonwealth.
1: Right, right. And um, I was,
0: I was really hoping that's that's uh, part of the story would be about those farms that we've been wanting to see, and right, it is about right. a farm, but it's a out, it's an ex- external farm, and I don't understand why they would need to do deal with this. Rogue element, which is the name of the uh, name right. of the episode. But I don't think that's the who they're talking about with this moto dude. Um, why can't they just grow poppies inside the Commonwealth? They must okay. have massive agriculture. They could just put of put some people on, on poppy growing.
1: Well, I was convinced that when they were going outside, we were going to see some of the things that we suspected were going on, which was that there was people basically toiling away and the, a very small number of people actually get to live Yeah, Um, in luxury, in the way, in the in, and in safety, in the way that Commonwealth was, Um, and I kind of thought that that was the purpose of being outside the walls was that these people who are actually providing all this security and food and uh, like you know drugs for hospital use and all that were actually in a lot of danger and not getting the benefit of this, but that's not what they. Did um, instead we just see this kind of weird and, and not very many people that we see actually just we see representatives of like three or four people um, and you know you they're showing that Carol is like not necessarily trusted but she's in, in, being entrusted to do certain things in this community in I a feel way like that, she's being used well of course she's being used because she's got she wants to get you know surgery for for. Um, you know, her loved one, which which is, you know, and I think but I do think that it shows a piece of Hornsby's personality. We're getting to see a lot more of what he has going on. And it's he's a lot more than just the mouthpiece, which Um, you know, and he is, he is definitely looking to make himself more powerful. And so that he's got a lot of irons in the fire on that point.
0: Yeah, I feel Um, like the whole field trip is just a a way for him to get Carol to trust him more. Like he's still trying to build this rapport. It almost feels like he knew exactly what was going on at the poppy farm before he had Carol, like read the, between the lines. I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm overestimating now his like capacity for, for deception, but I just had a part of me was like, Oh yeah, this was all just like rigged to make Carol feel like he's going to make the moral choice.
1: Right. Um, but you've got a lot of people, including Hornsby, but also Mercer, um, saying things like and to some extent, like saying things like, okay, this is the way that the system is. And you've kind of got to like go along to just keep these things that we have been able to preserve. Do you really want to live in this other world? And it's worth giving up these things to be able to live in this way Um, or like there's a lot and they repeat this line a lot about everybody having a role or a job to do. And you have to play that role. And, you know, if you don't, things are going to fall apart. Um, And that's like the theme in like a lot of these, like with these characters from the Commonwealth that like the quote unquote greater good, right. Is worth the sacrifices of freedom of speech of other things. I mean, it's not a very subtle theme, but there it is. Um, And you know, like I do think that this episode shows a, a lot of that, you know, sort of the, the the shine is off the rose or the the bloom is off the rose rather. And, and um, they're seeing sort of the, the, the sort of less savory elements of what it is like to live in this community and what the community might have sacrificed in order to kind of preserve these things. Um, and in general, like, how do you keep power over a bunch of people? And it's like a few people sort of holding that power. Right. Um, and you've also got, um, in this episode, you have princess and, you know, she's, she's, she's kind of, um, advising eugene but it's interesting because it's like there's moments where she's like okay i'm going to help you i'm all in but then there's moments where she is also worried about losing things and she even says like and this sort of gives you kind of an idea about some of the psychology and the and the tools that hornsby uses and the commonwealth uses but at one point she was like oh i i have a a job and i was going to get a pet um, so I don't know if I can risk helping you, Eugene, because she still I'll,
0: does like she she, she says does. that, but it's not very difficult to persuade her. No, to no, climb no up not at all. But
1: I think that just her saying that is just sort of an example of where a lot of the people in this community come from. And well, how yeah. And Princess kind of- has
0: come the furthest of anybody right. we know on this cast. Like she was just by herself, losing yep. her mind. And now yep. she has uh, everything that she has. And so that's probably yeah, that probably is a tough a tough thing for her to risk um did you get a sense of what Eugene does for a living in the community
1: no um i, I really don't he's still uh, no. the only
0: one we don't know what the hell he does we don't really done.
1: know what he does um and so there's that uh but they're all doing like kind of weird things and there you go um,
0: they're doing such different things that do put them into these different casts that i I want to know what his job is. I mean, now he's like tainted. He's like an outcast for sure because of uh, now he's definitely on the wrong side of Hornsby. But
1: you would think, though, that his technical expertise would be of use. And yeah. I feel like they don't know about it because of something that Hornsby says. Um, and Tyler says when they go to visit later on when they are they're like, Later on, they like have a, like it's almost like it's like a hidden thing. So something is revealed later about the fact that they I don't think that they really know what Eugene's talents are. So um,
0: well, we'll find out. I, I hope that they they like just reveal that either. Yeah, he's like working at a comic book shop or something really weird.
1: I mean, yeah. So it, it's just kind of odd that we don't know. Um, and at the very end of this episode, after, you know, he it has the full betrayal, Hornsby's basically like, yeah, you already signed this thing and everybody's going to think you're crazy. And he's really like, he's really hurt and upset. Um, He talks to Shira slash Stephanie a little bit, Um, but like, it's all, it's all done here. And um, I don't think she
0: says, she doesn't say anything to him. She just kicks him.
1: She just kicks him, which is like, okay. Um, And he, he, you know, he's heartbroken. He's heartbroken and also but now on full alert. Um, and, you know, there's a moment where you kind of think he's going to go along with exactly what Hornsby had said, which he's going to stay quiet and not tell anybody. But of course, we know he that's not going to be the case. He's going to tell the people that he cares about.
0: Well, I mean, by the end of this episode, he hasn't told anybody. And by the end of the next episode, he hasn't told anybody. He almost tells Rosita. Almost. But then, but then no, he tells her, oh, she broke up with me. Like, that's, right, the, that's right, as right. far as he takes it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, are you, you
0: tell me later down the road, he's going to be revealing. Gordon well, B's it's a, Eugene. A snake.
1: It's Eugene. We yeah, know. So him. you
0: are. Yeah. OK. Um, um,
1: and uh, anyway, but but at the very end, he's approached by Max, who basically is like, I was the woman in contact. It's with me. me it's me. And, you know, they they kind of get into that into the next like uh, yeah that
0: like leads into the next episode but uh in this one uh, there were a couple of other things I wanted to talk about number number one Connie and Kelly are doing a lot of ASL sign language without subtitles and I don't know why the show is doing this and I don't like it because I want to know what's going on I mean maybe it's just like a treat for people who can speak or read ASL but I can't. And it looks like they're having actual real conversations and I'm well, not getting much out of them. I don't know. It I weird.
1: thought it was a way to kind of keep whatever was happening, um, whatever they're talking about, because to, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe there are other people in the community that can speak ASL um, or no ASL. And, you mean uh, in the Commonwealth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But But I felt like it was deliberate so that we know that they have this kind of secret Line and things going because there's also moments. I mean, they're, they're, like Kelly when she has to like translate or when she's interpreting for, for <laughs> Connie. There's moments when Kelly's like, "Oh my god, you really want me to tra- <laughs> you say sure that?
0: You, you sh- you sure you want me to say this?" <laughs> yeah, uh, I I just felt like that was an interesting choice by the production. I I don't know mm-hmm. if they're gonna keep doing that, and I, maybe and I'm also trying to remember like Kelly and Connie have. I have often talked in ASL before, and I don't know if it was always usually subtitled, or and or if we only ever really.
1: They did subtitle it here and there, but for the most part, it hasn't been as extensive as this. So, so what are you eating? I'm eating a chocolate because oh, it's um, Easter.
0: Oh, it tomorrow. Happy Soon. Easter, everybody. Mm. Um, delish. Uh, so that was my first thing that I wanted to talk about, and I guess you know it's not a huge deal, but I, I just, it was notable. It's
1: a salted caramel chocolate. Oh my That's gosh, awesome. delicious! I know, right?
0: The second right. one was when Eugene is first uh, approaching Calhoun, the plumber, quote unquote plumber, and uh, he is talking about Stephanie's address, and he says sixteen thirty four Racine. I immediately perked my ears up, as would most people, I think, from the city of Chicago, because Racine is a Chicago street and it is a street that has been used in films about Chicago. And in this case, 1634 Racine is the number of the house that Sean Connery is standing in front of or uh, in the movie Untouchables, because that is apparently his uh, his house for his character Malone in Untouchables. So this was a weird Easter egg. Maybe they were like trying to chase that,
1: but well done. I,
0: I I, uh, rarely pick up on Easter eggs, but when you say uh, like a, uh, like a clearly a a Chicago address, although it should have had a North or a South in it, but it didn't, I guess in the film either. So that was uh, maybe them trying to inject more of that noir feel. A touchables isn't really a noir film, but uh, I guess because they wear hats, you can interpret it that way. Hmm. Uh, so 1634 Racine is where Sean Connery's character lived in Untouchables. Hmm. Um, uh, when when Eugene is talking to Princess about the cabal of of shadowy agents, and one of them lights a cigarette, and he's like, "And there was a mastermind." I'm like, "That is clearly Hornsby. That is his silhouette. Yep. That is actually his face when he goes through the door." <laughs> like, yeah. were you just too too drunk or something? Like, why couldn't you recognize that that was know, Hornsby right, right there?
1: I mean, uh, it was clearly him, but it's clearly him. You know, anyway, but yeah. I mean, what was that? What else did you want to talk about?
0: I'm trying to remember if uh, Mercer, after his conversation with Connie and Kelly, where they're like, "Who do you, you know, do you really trust everybody that you work for?" He goes to the hospital in this episode, right? And he's looking for Tyler Davis, Tyler Durden. Uh,
1: yes, yes, yes. We should. We should and talk about it. he
0: has been moved, and the nurse that he talks to is so evasive <laughs> he's like yeah. where's the man in room you know m12 and the guards who were with him she got, she, and she just looks at him and says there is no one in room m12 he's like yes i i know that where is he <laughs> nobody can move him without my th- authorization and she goes apparently they can and i'm just like oh god he's just asking you where they went you can't even say like two hours ago they all left you can't even be like that kind I don't
1: know. Well, and she's very threatening too. Well, it's just like,
0: it's evasive and, and unflinching. And yeah, she's, she feels like part of the establishment, like a, like a Hornsby agent in that scene. Yep. And we've does. never seen her before, but it was like, wow, that's a strange take.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: Another thing with Mercer in this episode, he, I don't get real leadership vibes off of his character. He's a little too um chill with people like, like Daryl. Uh, he's like, he's been helpful to Daryl. He's given him advice but, uh, and and in the scene where he's like bailing out a couple of his uh, soldiers, uh, you know, on that mission that Kelly and Connie were out covering, he he yeah, there's a cool shot of him chopping a, a, a like an axe to a zombie's head and saving a guy. But he doesn't even offer to help him up. He doesn't say anything to him. He just gives him a look and then walks yeah. away.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. It's uh, so I feel like a,
0: a general, which is his rank apparently. Uh, first of all, we should not be getting his hands dirty. Second of all, what is he like? He's not talking to his soldiers almost ever. You barely hear him actually address people. Once in a while, he's like, get on the ready line or something. Certainly in this next episode, he, he gives people orders about marching and, and stuff. But I don't, right? So far, I'm not getting real uh, leadership vibes from him. I want to hear him barking well, orders more and, and being more of a, a military leader. He went to West well, Point, right?
1: He did. And I mean, they keep. Uh, obviously touting him as the face of safety in this whole commonwealth um like there's posters of him there's like he's the representation they bring him out to like socialize at these events he had he holds a very specific place in this community but it's i couldn't tell whether this is a little bit deliberate in that he doesn't want to show as much leadership because then it will threaten Maybe those that could be threatened by it. Like the, you yeah. know, so part of me was wondering if that was a deliberate choice on his end of things to just stay kind of, I don't want to say play dumb, but that's a little bit of what it seems to be. Like it almost feels like he is playing his role, quote unquote, which again comes up over and over again. And part of his role is just being the muscle and being silent. But in order to lead, you have to do some leadership things right yeah so. I, I feel
0: like this is a, an, a a script problem more than a perf- and, or i don't know maybe the guy playing mercer is like how about instead of helping the guy up and asking him if he's okay i just sneer at him and walk away <laughs> it just it, yeah. it reads very weird to me that like uh well, and if he your, was your like commanding this, officer would would
1: right, behave that he- way and if he was like this, I don't know how much loyalty he would be able to command,
0: right? No, no, it was, so, it was just it read very strange, but uh, yeah. that's fairly minor, also.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah. So and we do hear, I mean, at least through Max, that when Mercer discovered that it was her, um, you know, and, and it shows this little sort of nerdy thing where, um, you know, like when when that that like when Mercer discovered it was her doing this he um basically told her to be quiet and like that uh, she couldn't see eugene and and or couldn't communicate with him and um you know that you know and she she kind of turns things back on eugene which was like how could you believe that was me after all of our conversation that's not
0: very fair right and
1: again and again there was this whole part that just kept sort of niggling in my mind was again how much of all of these communications, did these people listen so that Shira was able to build this flawless mm-hmm. like character to get, to trick Eugene? Um, but anyway, and they, you know, do the flashback with the ice cream, which, again, red is so <laughs> bizarre. Um, Why do
0: you think Mercer says to Max when he discovers her radio and confronts her about being the, the comms leak? He's like, this is super dangerous for me and my family like he means her too yeah what like he clearly feels like his life is in danger too and we uh, i guess we'll we'll find out and maybe i can't ask you what you think that means because maybe you know because you've watched ahead
1: okay it's it's
0: it's, to me it's a loaded sort of statement what i would
1: say is that i could i mean it's just sort of like i think it's more that the commonwealth is operating in this very specific way and there's a lot of unseen things and Uh, politics happening um i don't know completely yet what he's talking about other than again these things where like you know we um there's a lot of things going on with this government um that involve control and control of communication um and all sorts of things. I mean, I think in this case, part of me was thinking that they were worried about something like say the saviors or somebody coming and attacking them like that maybe. Um, but, uh, and then that would, you know, I would imagine that if they do have those protocols in place, there's going to be repercussions for basically get telling people where they are. Um, but you know, and that's not necessarily a wrong instinct to have, as we've seen with the whispers and the the saviors, and things like that. Like, you don't really necessarily want to be revealing yeah. locations to people. And that makes sense to me. But it felt like there was a little bit more going on there. Um, and they I mean, were we, both we, pretty we, careful,
0: we, though. They never actually said where they were. or They said which states they were in. I think right. eventually was like that's fairly benign as far right. as upset as right. goes. So they yeah, like Sure should she have been in hot water, sure, she was making un uh unpermitted radio calls, and I guess you wouldn't want that happening no matter where you live right um but,
1: but- we've also seen actually with um at some of the things that um that Tyler had said um was uh, like that. Basically, because he screwed up, everything got stripped away from him and his family, right? Yeah, right. So maybe that's what he's talking about too—is that oh, one one mess up, and then suddenly you're stripped of all of the privilege and all of the niceties of this society. So there's that too.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I'm I still feel like Tyler is a is a mystery. I mean, obviously, Connie is still chasing down what it what's why he was like uh, on the you know he was put put up for promotion by Mercer. Uh, was is kind of her like whole like why would why would he have been demoted and made a, a nobody uh, and so we do have to get to the bottom of that too so there are a couple of good threads in the right. commonwealth but I, I at the same time as i'm watching any of these episodes right now i am wondering like why them how did they get this far right, when right. places like alexandria hilltop uh, are sc- scraping by uh right. like what if did they
1: and yeah. we haven't seen enough of what their infrastructure is. We haven't seen enough. Again, I really want to see how this is all being supported. Yeah. Um. Is it a Hunger Games situation, which is kind of where it feels like they're going with it? Um, Could be. But um, and we even see such a like, especially in this episode, uh, the lucky ones, um, with um, it just. They they have sort of like they're con- they're they're comparing and contrasting the communities. Like Tyler's going out to to take a look at. Or sorry, uh, Pamela is going out to take a look at um the the different settlements. So Oceanside and in Hilltop and in Alexandria, and you know they especially like Hilltop is like burned out, and at, at least Oceanside looks like it's still kind of functional, and Alexandria is still functional, although both Alexandria and Hilltop look just like kind of devastated, right? Like they just are still rebuilding. Um, There's, you know, that, that all. And, and when you compare this to where they have come from um, in the Commonwealth, it feels like a third world country, basically like a developing country. And these are people that have been out there and been out there a long time. And so even the conversation between Pamela and Maggie and Pamela, um, um, and Aaron um, you know just about oh risk and she seems like really like anytime a walker appears she seems like totally like full of distaste like how dare like your communities are just <laughs> so trashy to allow this stuff to be walking around you know what I mean like we,
0: when we first went to the commonwealth and our our heroes were on like you know dead cleaning duty we there were I don't know. I have no sense of where that was in the Commonwealth, but there were walkers there, too. And the, right. her son almost got eaten by rando right. walkers. So, yeah, I felt like the fact that like Aaron, uh, <clears throat> you know, is perceives and Hornsby uh, are both perceiving that one zombie in Alexandria is like this big red flag. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like the show, the show hasn't done the work to make me think that that's true at this point.
1: Right. And even when, you know, even when Hilltop does get sort of like there's there's walkers, it's more like, OK, well, this is just taking care of business. This is what you have to do in this world these days. This isn't yeah. anything new. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I feel like her tour of the settlements and then. There is the piece which is still kind of a mystery to me. Um, and uh, despite the facts that I the fact that I have been this, I still don't fully understand why they even care about these settlements. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I have no idea.
1: Um, and I don't know why. I mean, she makes some comment to Hornsby about it. Um, but it's still very strange um, to me, like that they would even want to deal with this because it feels like it's far out and spraying their resources and they make this comment several times and so it makes me like is there is there something i feel like there's something that hasn't been revealed yet about why they want this right um, yeah
0: because no matter what if, if even if all three of these communities come into the fold which is kind of like the whole point of this episode is that they don't uh, or at least not all of them want to um they're like the Commonwealth would be paying for them forever. It would be like, they would be not be profitable. They would not be self-sufficient. And uh, that would just be a drain on their resources. I think you just kind of said that, but it it, it just doesn't feel like there would be a payoff for the Commonwealth in any time in the near future. And look, Um,
1: I feel like they do a good job of like, okay, you could see once because the Commonwealth is demonstrating that they do have these resources and is inviting people to go and do this. And this is the thing like all these people that have been kind of out in the wilderness are getting um, like, and they're just like tired and they just kind of want to go and they're like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to dig in and I'm going to go there. Instead of like kind of like scraping out an existence here, you can understand why people do that though. Some of this, it seems a little weird to me because they are rebuilding um, and all of these communities have had interactions with other established groups that have all been very negative. I feel like the skepticism of the Commonwealth would be much higher than we're kind of seeing. And maybe it's because some time has passed and clearly time has passed here. So maybe there's a lot more like relationship building and things that they're doing to build the trust here. But I still feel like I don't know how many people would actually go, especially the old stalwarts. It feels a little odd to me.
0: I would just put it down to exhaustion of of having to do the run out and kill the zombies. You know, every like two, two, three times a day, probably just be it would be enough to grind you down. And it's been a decade of this lifestyle. And you know, like Diane, when she's like, oh, "I can't handle it anymore," I'm like, "I get it. <laughs> like, you, you need a break."
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. she's been in it. You know, we know, we know she's like. And I think that's why they chose her as to be one of the people to throw it in. Um, and yeah. they're encouraging M- Maggie to accept the leadership. And look, I got to say that as much as I sometimes disagree with Maggie, her conversation with Pamela. Um, and how Pamela views leading and Maggie's just like, how can you like kind of be, live in, like have things that other people don't and flaunt that. And, you know, that's just not my thing. And everybody has to share equally and that kind of thing. And Pamela's like, well, they expected me. And there's like, you know, a pretty big debate over obviously leadership styles and like capitalism versus uh, socialism. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Pamela is really kind of disparaging. She's she's just kind of a gross person and they play her that way. And this woman plays that that role really well. I mean, she's even dressed in a very aristocratic kind of hunting.
0: <laughs> her pith outfit. helmet. Yeah,
1: her pith helmet. I mean, it could not be more like, um, you know, it was like sort of like she's a, on
0: safari in the zombie apocalypse. like
1: Yeah, like it, it could not be more like colonialism at yeah. its peak. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, it's not subtle at all. So. Um, you know, and, and you know, by contrast, Maggie's still Maggie's looking very dirty and, and ragged and everybody <laughs> kind of is. And so um, and and they do this deliberately. I mean, you even see with the Commonwealth versus any of these denizens like the Commonwealth people look very well fed and clean and all that. So um, yeah, so so I feel like this is, again, just a big mystery, though, why that they want to sort of get these communities in the fold and why they're where why they're so angry at being thwarted still seems mysterious to me um
0: Um, i don't know like yeah yeah that that is true uh what we do also find out in this episode a few times they talk about that there's fifty thousand people in the commonwealth um right so there's there's this huge community out there and this is on the level of a crm uh, Mm -hmm. size city which they've been knocking out during uh, the world beyond or trying to I think it's just Portland and, uh, the CR itself now. Um, but 50,000 people in the Commonwealth, uh, again, we still really need to see behind the curtain for, to believe that there's a community that big.
1: Well, and remember, Uh, I mean, the, the CRM has like, the reason why they're, they're like sort of taking out some of these communities is a resource issue, right? Right.
0: It was about sustainability and how Omaha was a big drain on their resources, uh, But I guess the Commonwealth is self-sufficient and then some because it can afford to uh, prop up other communities, which is what they're kind of proposing to do,
1: which is crazy. Um, Oh, and this is the episode where as they're walking around, um, Hornsby, I think, is the one that says something like, oh, well, how did you do this? Because you don't you don't have an engineer. You don't have people with that knowledge, which obviously Eugene does have that knowledge. Right. Oh, I see. Um, And so he makes that comment in this episode.
0: And I like be- the fact that they went back. Uh, Pamela Milton is looking at a picture of Deanna and her husband, who was an architect, who, whose idea Ar- Alexandria was right. He was it was right. kind of his baby. Uh, talking about how she knew her and yada yada, and Daryl makes some nice comments about how like she saved them, she brought them in, etc. Um, yeah. But like when yeah, when Hornsby's like, hey, you, how did you build all this? You didn't have a, an engineer. I was like, well, yeah, but they had. <laughs> For a couple episodes, at least, Alexandria did have some well-educated, uh, you know, they engineer did. types.
1: And also, um, but, you know, it, it's interesting because they're not, they're, they're, they know that Eugene has some technical expertise. So they're not going to talk about that. But Eugene definitely was one of the people that helped, you know, keep all this stuff going. Yeah,
0: he fixed up their solar. Yeah. They, they, they give all the credit to Maggie here or Georgie. True. Which is, but, um, well, I mean, they it, did, she did have that book.
1: But she I felt did, like yeah, me, it was
0: more it was more Eugene before.
1: But but part of me is wondering, like if they're covering and they don't tell the why they're not telling, because why would not you just say, oh, yeah, Eugene and Eugene helped out, but they don't do that at all. So um, so I find that to be kind of interesting. and Maybe we'll see more about that later. Um, but anyway, and then also in this episode, we've got um, the whole Carol. Um, um, the whole carol saga for ezekiel to have his uh surgery moved up um he's so. super mad about it mm-hmm.
0: i'm not that interested in that i just want him to get better <laughs> Right. As a, as a selfish uh viewer i just want ezekiel to get fixed yep. um and i don't want there to be drama between carol and ezekiel i kind of want them to be a happy couple
1: me too and um and, you know, they basically she's basically like, OK, you know, I did this. And I mean, look, I think, you know, he's him. So it doesn't shock me that this is his reaction. Um, but also, I think he's worried about what Carol might have done in order to move him up in line, which he's right to worry about that. Um, and so so far, she
0: hasn't done anything terribly illegal. Just got some wine and right, gave some but, advice.
1: But from his point of view, yeah, he doesn't, no. know. He doesn't know. And and he also knows that the way that this whole thing works feels pretty dirty. So I think, you know, we'll probably see more about that. So um, anyway, um, I think that was there anything else you wanted to talk about?
0: Uh, there's a couple of really f- weird scenes in this.
1: Oh, I think we should talk about like the, you know, so the Eugene and Max thing, they end up kind of, Sort of reconciling, or at least come to some yeah, kind what of. What is there? A, I mean, something.
0: yeah, she, I, I don't get why she's mad at him.
1: No, um, me neither.
0: And it's because he apparently said something nasty to her in the in the alley. All he said was, "Your brother hates me, and I can't handle this. I've got to go."
1: Right, and, and she's also, like, "Yeah, that was really." He still, and he still felt like betrayed because, yeah. you know, she knew that he was being, um like, he knew that that she knew that he was being. Sort of led along the primrose path, and um, you know, I don't think he's—I don't think he's totally out of line for being upset about it. And then um, they do—they do show like that interest in each other, and it's sort of rekindling whatever chemistry and stuff that they had all over the mm-hmm. thing. And they talk about that fondly. And again, it brought to mind the fact that he remembers exactly what was said, So it feels, again, even more ridiculous that Shira would have been able to fake this. Yeah. Um, but he does make a good point where it's like, you know, he he's like, no, you know, most women aren't interested in me. So I just kind of was relieved that she said <laughs> she was like not running away. So that was kind of sad. But but actually a very sweet Eugene thing to happen. You, you know? know,
0: the contrast of his relationship with Max. With uh, alongside just the casual cruelty of Hornsby's PR assassin team. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that we do get to see Shira get kicked in the stomach.
1: Yeah. I I, agree. I, like
0: that was really like in her like look at him where she doesn't say anything to him after she does it, but she, she's not looking at him with anything r- r- close to affection. Uh, and you're just like, God damn, that was ice cold. But it's not
1: even like it's not like he was a jerk. It's not like like she faked liking him. He actually did have affection for her. Like, I don't know why she would like. Be such a beast to him um and she even like says something like or says to Hornsby that his book is good and that's like the thing that I think is funny is that Max Max is so offended by the fact that he shared all she read the book yeah um so you know I just don't know why Shira would be such a jerk basically it's like because sure it was a mission but it's not like he was some kind of I don't know it, it just feel again it felt kind of strange to me the,
0: the fact that the mission didn't have an exit strategy was to be like, clearly yeah, they, yeah. they're they not that good at what they do. Like they're, they're good at the, I guess, you know, pretending to be Stephanie for long enough that uh, he, he bought in, but she, they should have had some sort of way to get her out of there before it went to the inevitable place it was going.
1: Right. Cause they could have kind of disappeared her or something yeah. long before it got to this point. Um, one thing I think we didn't get to talk about was the list, right? Oh yeah, um, that
0: list got put under the door in another ASL, un- <laughs> no subtitle scene. Yeah,
1: yeah. but um, Tyler Davis's
0: name was on it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's it was there- a lot
0: of names on that list. It was like three yeah. columns of uh, of small handwriting. Yeah. Uh, so w- whether those are people who've disappeared or who are confirmed dead or who knows, they're just on the list of people. And who is this mole? Is it Mercer? Probably.
1: Yeah, probably. I don't
0: know. Uh, you know the answer to that. I don't. I'm. I'm speculating that it's Mercer. Um, the uh, speaking of Mercer in this in this episode, the lucky ones. There's a scene of like the zombies attacking Hilltop, and the CR soldiers, not not CR, uh, Commonwealth soldiers, uh, do this insane firing line. Yeah, toward the friendlies. Yep. <laughs> and Mercer's out there with them, and it's, uh, it's just no I don't I don't want to see that Nope. even though they're trying to they're trying to get across like look how precise they are I'm like no
1: precise and this is this easy and I'm like yep nope not nope
0: nope. these guys are running around fighting zombies you don't do uh you don't shoot that them
1: nope
0: nope uh and Mercer like you know stands up and is like see see how great this is (laughs) (laughs) No, right that was bad that was bad um and then at the end of this episode, you also have Hornsby gets permission from Milton to like pursue, continue to pursue these colonies for no good reason. Cause she was kind of set against it a moment ago. And she uh, made
1: some comment about him wanting power, or him wanting. Something. Yeah.
0: It's hard to let go of your ambition. And you've been like this since you were a little boy. Like she, they've known each other, right? Like there, there's a long history between these two. Uh, and he has said to Carol in the previous episode, I proved my worth to the Milton's long ago so pre-apocalypse they've known each other a long time
1: yeah uh
0: and and he goes out into the woods and like starts shooting zombies with his little his little six shooter and uh yeah he this actor is good he can do some crazy face he can do some some psycho face and aaron is is uh, appropriately off-put by this too even though aaron is like i'm not I don't love how much Aaron is like sucking up to the Commonwealth because he really wants Alexandria to be let in. Yeah, but uh, you know, obviously that's just his reality. Like when he's like telling people to cover up broken windows at the beginning <laughs> of the tour, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, so we're we're good, right? Uh, we can we can still come into the I don't know." It yeah. was just I, I'm liking that part of it. It's just it's just interesting that also it's interesting that Aaron is the leader of Alexandria because everybody else left.
1: I know he's by default.
0: He's the did, only character with the, him
1: and his mace arm. Hey, you have a mace arm lead our community. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I don't know what's going to happen next. I think I was making projections about Sebastian and Daryl last time. Uh, I still think that those are maybe on the table, uh, but I don't know what's next. Uh, obviously we know that uh, Daryl and Maggie are going to have a standoff in front of Hilltop at some point. Cause we saw that scene as a flash forward. Yep. Uh, but where could this go well, from here? I don't know. HA Conrad last, does.
1: So our last um when we talked about predictions last time was that the Sebastian piece was going to at some point involve uh, you know, Daryl and Mercer. Um, and I can say that we are correct. So um huh. so more to come on that. But um, you know, I, I they couldn't build up something like that without somehow. Yeah coming clean with it so uh so we'll see about that um but and then i'll try to also i'll watch the uh webisodes from fear the walking dead
0: yeah It uh, let me know your your impressions um there that that's uh second half of that season is about to air too
1: yeah. for our sins yep so
0: so, uh, but that was uh, these are these were good episodes. I wanted to keep watching. I don't. I'm not surprised that you did. I, I totally. I no. I, I don't no 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 shade. Uh, it was it was tough not to be to get sucked into the story. This is a good story. Yeah.
1: Um. And this is the thing: the writing and the storytelling. It you do want to find out. And even though I do have some obvious criticisms about how certain things are being played out. Um. I also understand where they're coming from and why and, and why the sort of like played, why it's sort of running this way. But I feel like overall, it's pretty tight. It's interesting. I, again, I cared enough that I wanted to continue watching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I will say that I didn't get uh, too much further into the season or this third of the season. Um, But already I'm like, oh, are they going to we're going to probably have to wait for some of this for the last part of it. Um, Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, and when does that when does the last part happen?
0: Oh, boy. Uh Yeah. that's uh, I'll have to look it up on the wiki. I don't even know that it's been advertised because mm. are they running yeah. them at the same time as fear the walking dead?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Um, so we shall have to see what happens, but well, they just um,
0: stopped running on April 10th was the last episode, well, know, That was episode well, 16, but there's going to be 20 something, aren't there?
1: Yeah. And I know that at least for some of our heroes, um, at least in terms of like, um, they're like they've they've been putting stuff up on instagram about their farewell and uh, again the spinoff pro like projects and things like that so um so i know that they at least some of them have also wrapped up um so we shall see um and i mean it's like you know the the spinoff with with some of the characters like uh daryl and 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 Carol and Negan and Maggie, that's all like going to air down the line, right? Down the road. So, Uh,
0: so Um, yeah, Carol and Daryl uh, are coming in 2023.
1: Yeah. yeah. um, Which Um, is,
0: I don't know when in the year that's going to be, but, uh, and Tales of the Walking Dead, I think has probably been in production maybe a little bit, although they've still been doing casting announcements, but the Negan spinoff was only just announced this last 12, six month period or so. So I don't know. Yeah, it's hard so, to say. We don't have a crystal ball into this uh, into how they're doing stuff, but they have three shows still that they're that they're producing. So we the the the, the reality of having Walking Dead all year round is probably still going to be a thing uh, in 2023, I assume.
1: Right. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that's all yeah. I have to say that's, for now. That's
0: about it. We missed a couple of probably little things here and there, but uh, overall, these are these are still fun. And uh, I can't wait to talk about more of them with you next time we get together. So, um, And if you guys want to let us know what you think about this part of Season 11, uh, give us a holler. We're on Twitter at ReanimatedPCast. You can email us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. And our show notes are online at Reanimated Podcast. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Yeah, thanks, everybody. Ciao.